Welcome to Maysville Baptist Church. We are delighted that you're with us today. Uh, we're going to have an awesome day of worship. Uh, my name is Pastor Shane Robertson. I'm the senior pastor here. Before we cut to our live video feed, let me encourage you to watch this little video about how you could help our ministry. God bless you, and we're looking forward to worship. Chris, what are you doing, man? Oh man, I just mailed my offer into the church. Oh, that's great. Did you know that you can give online? Oh, really? Yeah, online. I'm gonna do that. All right. Chris, what are you doing, man? I'm giving to the church. I'm giving online. That's not what I meant. But it's online. So church, these are the four ways you can give. Through the mail, online at our website, through text message, which you can find out the details on our website, how to do that, through the other ways to give tab, and through our app, the Shelby Next app. Church, we want to say thank you for being faithful during these times, allowing us to continue to do the ministry. May God bless you.
And good morning. It is a joy to be in your homes today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to Maysville Baptist Church. Church, it is so good to see you. I'm going to wave at everybody. How are y'all doing? It's so good to see you today. I want to thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome to Maysville Baptist Church. We're delighted that you are with us. And while this is not exactly normal, uh, we have been doing this now for six weeks. Can you believe that? Uh, and it is a joy to be able to still come together and to be together even in the midst of these difficult times. Our hearts and prayers are with our nation as well as the world as we pray that this disease and sickness would come to an end very quickly. And we'll be right back here together at Maysville Baptist Church in this worship center. But until that day comes, it is a joy to be in your home. Thank you so very much for tuning in today. I want to tell you how much I love you. I'm Shane. I'm the pastor here, and it is a joy to have you with us. I want to say thank you, just as Chris, Pastor Chris, just said a few moments ago. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you so very much for giving. Thank you for staying faithful to your church. While we have seen just a little dip in giving, it has not been so drastic uh, that uh, we are, are that concerned. We are praying and knowing that God's going to meet all of our needs, and I want to thank you for just continuing to do what you've always done, and that's just being faithful to the Lord. I want to let you know that uh, tomorrow, being Monday from 9 to 12, uh, I will be here at the church, and I would love to see you come through the drive through We've got a little place where you can come and give right there at the drive through I like to come out. I've got my mask on and all that, and just want to say hello to you. If you'd like to come by and see me, I'd love to see you tomorrow as you come by and drop off your uh, tithes and offerings. Speaking of tithes and offerings, let me say this. Some of you have contacted me and you said, Pastor, uh, we are starting to get our stimulus uh, check and uh, we just feel like the Lord's placed on our heart to give a portion of that to the church and, and we want it to help individuals. And so uh, we've been praying about this and I've been seeking the Lord's face on this and we, we do have a benevolence section in our budget. We have an inside benevolence that helps those individuals inside our church. And then we have an outside benevolence, which helps individuals outside our church and our community that are not members. What I would like to do is I would like to create what's called a silo account and put your stimulus portion that you would like to give to the church, put that in an account and help our local small businesses right here around this area. We want to be a blessing to them in some way. And so what I'm thinking about and been praying about and would love for you to help if this is something the Lord's placed on your heart, if the Lord's asked you to give a little bit of that above your tithes and offerings, then you, if you'll just label that as a silo account, we'll put that in account. And every week we will bless a business, a local business, uh, here within our church first and then outside our church and our community uh, just to tell them that we love them and that we're praying for them. God bless you so much for wanting to have a heart to serve. I'm so grateful that you have that inside of you. And thank you for your ideas. And thank you for praying through it with me. Also, let me say this uh, as well. Uh, on Wednesday nights, we still have our Wednesday night Bible studies. I, I don't want you to miss those Wednesday night Bible studies. Those are vital to the midweek uh, uh, getting over, if you would, Wednesday and moving into the weekend. And then when it comes to Sunday morning, I don't want you to miss out on the Bible studies. That is the Sunday school type Bible studies that we have on Sunday. There'll be several meeting tonight. 
uh, online. And then there are some that meet Monday night, on Tuesday night, on Thursday night, on Friday night, and then some on Saturday night. And so please make sure that you're a part of that. If you're not part of a Bible study, a small group Bible study, if you will let us know, email us here at the church, call us here at the church, email Pastor David, uh, and he will get you plugged in and make sure that you are right where you need to be in relationship to that small group Bible study that meets over the course of the week. Uh, also, let me say this. If you haven't had Sunday school today and you'd like to have that Bible study, you can find that on the website. Just go to the website. Uh, you will be able to find the, in the Watch Now category. If you'll scroll down, you should be able to see the Sunday school lesson that uh, Pastor David has put out there for everyone, for the whole church, uh, if your Sunday school classes are not meeting. And so let me encourage you to take part in that. Well, again, it's a joy to have you here today. I hope that your children are around. Hey, kids, I want Pastor Shane wants you to know that I love you. I love seeing you uh, out and about when I go out in town, and I'm so grateful to be able to wave at you here in your homes. Pastor Jacob has got a good word for you today. Pastor Shane's going to be talking about patience today. In week six, what do we need as we enter into week six? We need patience. We need to exercise that. And so Pastor Jacob's going to be talking about that today. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for your families. And then we'll throw it over there to Pastor uh, Jacob, and uh, he will give our children's sermon today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much, Lord, for this week. This is the day you've made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. I pray, Heavenly Father, for our families. Be with them. Watch over them. Keep them safe. Lord, I pray in the name and through the blood of Jesus for your strength. I pray, Lord Jesus, for your endurance. I pray that you'd continue to help give us the patience we need as we wait for the day where we come back together here at the church at Maysville Baptist Church. Lord, we love you, and we want to worship you today in spirit and in truth. Be with our children today. Give them ears to hear and hearts to receive as we continue to worship you on this day, the first day of the week. We love you and praise you and ask it in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Pastor Jacob. Hey, kids. Hey, families. Hope you guys are all doing well this morning. Uh, this morning, as Pastor Shane's already said, we're going to be looking at the topic of patience and how do we have patience through difficult times. And so this is a, a sermon, this is a devotion that is timely. This is what we need to hear. But before we go into our, our children's sermon for today, I want to share with you guys what you guys have shared with me over this past week. And so a lot of you guys have been working very, very hard on some of the activity sheets that we've been sending out. And so for example, example Mr. Andrew Johnson did a great job of, of demonstrating the Lord's Supper last week by coloring that and taking care of that. Not only did Andrew do that, but Miss Bryn Sharpton also did a wonderful job on her artwork as well. And Mr. Briggs also did a wonderful job. And then we also have Mr. Seth Council. Look at that. Awesome job. And then last but not least, we have Miss Ashland Council. Also did a great job on it. So guys, thank you so much for participating and for sending those uh, pictures in, those activity sheets, because I love seeing them and I love being able to show them back to you guys that the, the, the actual following Sunday. So here's what we're going to do. Let's jump into our lesson for today. I want you guys, I'm sure you guys are sitting in your living room, and so if you're sitting in your living room, you know, there's walls around you. 
So there may be parallel walls like this, but for me, I've got a wall here to my left, and I've got a wall here to my right, and they're to the sides right here. So I want you guys to make one wall the easy wall. So designate that wall as the easy wall. So my left wall right here is going to be my easy wall, and my right wall right here is going to be my hard wall, okay? So I want you guys to designate your easy wall and your hard wall at your house, Okay, now once we've decided what our easy wall and our hard wall is, kids, I want you guys to, to have fun with me. And even families, if you all want to join, on, join in on this, let's have some fun. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go through scenarios that require patience. Some of those scenarios are going to be easy to be patient, and some of those scenarios are going to be hard to be patient. And so if it's going to be easy to be patient, we're going to kind of walk over to the easy wall if it's hard, we're going to walk over to the hard wall. So here's our first scenario. When my sibling messes with my stuff, is that easy to be patient or is that hard to be patient? I know for me, I'm, I, I think it's going to be a little bit easy. Okay, for me, that's easy. So I, I'm okay if my siblings mess with my stuff. So I'm going to go in this direction. And, we'll, and hopefully you guys are walking in one way or another. How about this? When I have to stay home all day, even though I don't, even though I want to go out. So I have to stay home all day, even though I want to go out. I'm going to say that's hard. That's really hard. And a lot of us, that's what we're having to go through. We're having to be patient, staying at home and being safe. How about this? When my friends are angry or short with me. Okay, so is that easy to be patient or is that hard to be patient? Sometimes that's hard to be patient when your friends are angry or upset with you. And then we've got two more. What about when my parents won't buy me the thing that I want? So when your parents won't buy you that toy or whatever it is, is that easy to be patient or is that hard to be patient? Okay? Last one. Uh-oh. When people annoy me or get on my nerves, is that easy to be patient? Or is that hard to be patient? You guys walk to one side or another. So hopefully you guys aren't stumbling all over each other. But hopefully you get the point that there are times in our lives where we have to be patient. And sometimes those times are easy. And sometimes those times are hard. But God has called each and every one of us to be patient with our friends and with our family and with situations. God has called us to be patient. Now, the Bible verse that we're going to be looking at today, or the book of the Bible that we're looking at today, is the book of James. James is a wonderful, wonderful book, one of the, one of the best books of, in all the Bible. It's a wonderful book. And so our big question today is this, why does God call us or command us to be patient? Well, here's the answer. God calls us and commands us to be patient because God desires us to trust him. We have been called to trust God no matter the circumstances. No matter if it's hard or easy to be patient, we have been called to trust God because God is in control of everything and he is a good God. And if that's the truth, then you and I, we can be patient in all different types of circumstances. So our Bible verse says this, and I love this. I want you guys to really pay attention to James chapter 5, verse 7. And it says this, Therefore, be patient until the coming of the Lord. 
Therefore, be patient until the coming of the Lord. Listen, God is calling us to be patient even utmost when it comes to his returning. Because when Jesus returns, all things will be made right. And so we're waiting patiently for Jesus to come back. And so may we practice that in our day-to-day life, preparing for Jesus to come back. Now, the major point is this. Listen, not only did God call you to be patient, not only did God command you to be patient, but guess what? If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you placed your faith in him, God has also gifted you to be patient. Listen, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. God has given us the supernatural gift to be patient with family and with friends and with situations in our lives. We can do it. It's possible with God's power that's living inside of us. So what I want to do real quick, I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to give you guys some instructions on what we need to be doing this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you, and God, we thank you, first and foremost, that you've saved us. God, we thank you that you have called us and you have given us the ability to be patient. We pray that we would be patient with you uh, and others and with other situations in our lives that we deal with every single day. God, all this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, kids and all right, families, hope you guys have enjoyed our children's sermon on patience. Hopefully you guys have received those activity sheets, uh, coloring sheets, and Uh, word puzzles and all sorts of things and here here's the thing if you haven't received those you can still participate this week I would love if you could if you have a blank sheet of paper and something to color with I would love if you would please draw yourself being patient in a hard situation remember God has given you the gift to be patient it is possible in God's strength so with that said listen we're going to worship God for all that he is. So let's worship together. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jacob. As we uh, begin worship this morning, we are going to declare uh, that God is worthy of all majesty and praise and glory and honor. Uh, So as we begin this morning, let's sing together, crown him with many crowns.
crown him the Lord of life. living hope 
that lay between us how high the mountain I could not climb in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to bear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of me his own beautiful Savior I'm yours forever Jesus Christ
is our living hope. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you, Miriam. Uh, thank you, Pastor Jacob, for that wonderful children's sermon today. And thank you for tuning in. If you're just joining us, welcome to Maysville Baptist Church. I hope you've got your Bible, and I hope you've got your cup of coffee, and I hope you've got your pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, whatever you can find around there to write with. I want to encourage you to find that book of James, chapter number 5. And while you're finding James chapter 5, I want you to be much in prayer for Pastor Jacob's uh, wife, Macy. Uh, she's great with child and do any day. And so we are praying for her. Macy, I want you to know we love you. We're praying for you as uh, you're expecting. And we're just so grateful for them. James chapter number 5. We're going to be talking about the character trait of patience. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And when you look at this fruit of the Spirit... Uh, it's fascinating because out of all the fruits of the Spirit, surveys have been done that says patience is the number one fruit of the Spirit that most American Christians want more of than anything else. I, I know one thing, you better be careful when you're praying for patience. Uh, you just might get it. And so when we are entering here now into week number six, it's very easy for us to become impatient. I found myself this week becoming very impatient uh, at times, wanting so bad to be back at church, wanting so bad to be back together, wanting so bad to be with one another. And one of the reasons why we are so impatient as American Christians is because that we live in a right now society. Right now society. I mean, we get everything right now in our country, in our culture, and also in our church. You think about it just for a minute. In our country, as an example, did you know we are the country that invented fast food? We put a drive through on our restaurant so that we can get our food faster. And then when things weren't fast enough, we said, well, you know what we'll do? We'll create a double drive through And so now we try to get it twice as fast. But it's not just in our country that we have this issue of wanting things right now. We also have it in our culture. Uh, we love amusement parks in our culture. Man, we've got uh, Six Flags, and we've got uh, uh, Pigeon Forge Dollywood, and, and we've got uh, down there with Mickey Mouse, you, you can go down there uh, and have a good time at that amusement park. And, and man, we love going to the amusement parks. But what do we hate about amusement parks? The lines. We hate waiting in the lines. And so what did we do? We said, hey, we got an idea. Let's do a fast pass. And so we, because we want it right now, we want to be in such a hurry, we got these fast passes, and boom, there we are. We've created the solution, and now we are fast getting on those rides. Uh, Max Lucado said this. He said, here in the United States of America, our culture is the only culture, and we're the only country that has a mountain that's named Rushmore. Why? We're always in a rush. We're always in a hurry. Even, even churches are in a hurry. I, I heard a story this week about a pastor who was always in a hurry. And he was just always being late, always running and trying to get this, that, and the other. And just always could not be patient to save his life. He was meeting a couple of friends at a local diner for breakfast. And on the way, he got a ticket. And he sat down with those guys and he says, I need you guys to pray for me. He says, this past week, I've gotten three traffic tickets, three tickets for speeding. 
And I just don't know what it is the Lord is trying to teach me. Will you help me figure out what the Lord is trying to teach me? And about that time, the waitress came up and she said, Hello, my name is Patience. How can I serve you today? I'm telling you what the Lord wants us to learn, patience. And so what I want us to do is I want us to look at this passage of Scripture in James chapter 5, and I want you to see what James has to say about this issue of patience. Look at what the Scripture says in James chapter 5, beginning in verse number 7. Notice it with me. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of a tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven nor by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yes be yes, and your no be no, lest you fall into condemnation. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. As we enter into week six today, I want us to really be aware and to exercise this week the spiritual gift of patience. And the question is, well, what does that look like, preacher? What does it look like if I'm going to exercise patience this week? Uh, what, does that, what does that look like? Well, it reminds me of a story of a kid who went to the mall. And this kid went to the mall, and he was standing there by the escalator, and he was watching the handrail as it would come down and rotate. He would watch that thing. A security guard saw the little boy watching this uh, escalator, and he walked up to the child, and he said, Son, he said, Are you lost? And the little boy looked up at him and said, No, sir, I'm just waiting for my chewing gum to come back around. Dear friend, that boy was exercising patience. He was waiting for his chewing gum to come back to him. I want us as born-again children of God in week six to exercise patience in our home. Exercise patience with mama, daddy. Exercise patience with daddy, mama. We need to exercise patience towards one another. Dad, you need to exercise patience towards your children. Children, you need to exercise patience towards your parents. We need to exercise patience towards our community. I'm telling you what, all eyes are on the church right now. And if we're the church, mobilized, equipped, and going out into our communities, we need to make sure that we're exercising those fruits of the Spirit. And those fruits of the Spirit need to manifest themselves in such a way that what rises to the top right now ought to be patience. So when you're standing in line at Walmart waiting to get in there, exercise patience. The Lord may be wanting you to share a good word about Him to that person in front of you or that person behind you. When you're waiting at, bless God, the Home Depot, waiting to get in, and the line's so stinking long, 
exercise patience. When you're looking for the toilet paper and you've been waiting for weeks and weeks for the toilet paper and you can't find any, exercise patience. Brothers and sisters, this week in week six, exercise patience as you wait and long and desire to be a part of coming back together in celebration. Look, we don't know what it's going to look like when we get back. So what does that mean, preacher? Uh, it means I don't know how they're going to open the country. Will they let us come back a hundred at a time? Will they just open the floodgates and just let everybody come back in, in time? Uh, what we do know is just looking at other countries, when they open things back up, there seems to be a little bit of a peak with the COVID-19. Once again, as individuals start getting their immune systems built up and things such as that, I want you to rest assured, as pastor here at Maysville Baptist Church, I want us to be safe, I want us to be healthy, and I want us to be obedient. And I thank God that we have this venue, this avenue, this opportunity to be together and to worship God together and to serve together. I'm telling you what, we are so blessed. We are blessed to be living in this day and time in this culture where I can be in your living room with all my church folks to tell you I love you, we're in this thing together, I'm praying for you, and we're going to make it, and we're going to give God all the glory. I can assure you of one thing. God is teaching us some great lessons, and the lesson today that I want us to learn is that lesson of patience. It's been said that that's a virtue. Patience is a virtue, and that virtue is definitely being tested today. As long as we are not together, we have to be patient. I want you just to think about this just for a minute. In countries where Christianity is forbidden, the church cannot meet, and they have to meet in secret and in private. I am grateful to God that I live in the United States of America where things may not be perfect, but at least I can come today and we can worship today and celebrate today and say amen today and worship together today the King of kings and the Lord of lords. By the way, just let me say this. Remember, many, many times in that first century church, they were meeting in homes. And in this meeting of the homes, you have an opportunity to meet in your home, yet have your pastors come in and to say, here we are together, the church united, as we are, are mobilized to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So James is encouraging these saints to be patient. Be patient during their tribulation. Be patient during their trials. Be patient during their difficulties. Be patient in their hard days. And so too, I challenge you, Maysville Baptist Church, be patient today with one another. As a matter of fact, when James uses this word patience, uh, he uses a couple of different words, but the general word that he uses for uh, patience is macrothumia. Macrothumia. Now, we all know about ma micro and macro. Ma that's where we get the words. Macro means large or long. Thumia means rage or anger. And so what we find here in this text is James is saying, be long-tempered. Be long-tempered when it comes to you being angry. When you get upset, he says you need to be very long-tempered just as the Lord is long-tempered. And in doing so, you need to understand the Lord is trying to teach you something very, very important. So patience means to stay put, 
to stand fast with your faculties under control, knowing that you're long-tempered, you're going to endure, and when you want to complain, you give it to Jesus. When you want to run away, you give it to Jesus. And you stand firm, you stand strong, and you don't let what's going on today affect you. Remember, we've been saying this for... I've been preaching this now for years and years and years. When we lock our gaze upon God and only glance at the problems, it doesn't matter what we go through, we know God's going to get us through it. God's going to get us through this. And if you're worried or concerned or frustrated or impatient or, or struggling, let me ask you this. Where is your gaze locked? Are you locked on the problem or are you locked on Jesus? I challenge you to take your eyes off the problem and put your eyes on the solution, and that is Jesus. He can fix it all. Say, well, man, I I tell you what, I need that fix to come monetarily. I need that fix to come in the form of a job. I need that fix to come in this or that. Or you fill in the blanks right there. You don't think God knows that? You don't think God, God knows? What he's wanting you to be is faithful. What he's wanting you to be is true. What he wants you to be is patient. And we find here in this wonderful text these beautiful, this beautiful illustration of what it means to be patient. Now remember, we do not want to be like the children of Israel. The children of Israel saw God do mighty, wonderful things. God moved in their life to such a capacity that he got them out of Egypt, and there they are moving towards the promised land. And all God wanted, he wanted them to believe him. He wanted them to trust him. He wanted them to look to him and him alone. But what did they do? They put their eyes on the problem. We're out here in the desert. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough water. And so by the time you come over there to Numbers chapter number 14, verses 2 and 11, they're grumbling and complaining against the preacher. They're grumbling and complaining against the staff. They're grumbling and complaining against God. We want this. We want. You should have left us back in Egypt. And as a matter of fact, they wanted to get a bus ride back and go back to Egypt. That's what they wanted to do. And God got infuriated over in the book of Numbers. He said, that's it. I've had it. How long am I going to put up with it? I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to start over. I'm going to raise up another generation. But the man of God prayed on their behalf. and said, God, please don't do that. They're just people. They're just sheep. Did you bring them out of Egypt just to destroy them in the wilderness? And God said, okay, I won't do that. And he provided for all their needs. In the midst of their murmuring, in the midst of their complaining, in the midst of their impatience, God said, I'm not going to destroy them. But I'm going to teach them a lesson. And how many years did they wander in that desert? That's a long time, isn't it? Forty years? Shoot. Six weeks ain't nothing. Compared to 40 years. No, don't you dare classify Maysville Baptist Church in the category of the children of Israel in regards to their murmuring and complaining. No, we're going to exercise patience. 
And in James chapter number 5, we see three practical things to do as we exercise patience in this season that we're in. Let me show them to you if I could. Number one, the first thing I want you to see is I want you to see the length of our patience. The length of our patience. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 7. He says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. One will tell you what. You know, the children of Israel may have wondered for 40 years, but I'm 46 now. I'm 46 now. I got saved when I was 14 years old. I've been walking this Christian life for some time, but I've been living for 46 years. And in living this, this, this life of 46 years, God has taught me a great deal about patience. And in being patient, he says, I'm to continue to be patient until the Lord returns. As a matter of fact, it's so important, he says it twice. Look at what he says in verse 8. He says, be ye also patient, establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Dear brothers and sisters, we ought to be patient until the Lord comes back. They say, well, he ain't back today. No, he sure isn't. So that means today's the day for you to exercise patience. And if he doesn't come back tomorrow, and we, we don't know, he may, he may not. we we got to live like it's imminent. It could happen at any moment, at any time. But until that day comes, we ought to be patient. We ought to be long-tempered. We ought to be settled in. We ought to say, nothing's going to move us. My gaze is locked on God. I'm going to be patient until the Lord comes back. And by the way, let me say this. He's coming back. They sang that beautiful song just a few minutes ago. My, he, my, the blessed hope. He is my blessed hope. That's what James called. James says, man, the blessed hope. Oh, thank God for this blessed hope that we have. Uh, Titus actually said that. He said that over in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Uh, James is always talking about this wonderful day that's coming. This, there may be a day of tribulation. There may be a, a day of hard times. But I'm telling you, God's going to come. He's going to make it right. But I, watch this. He won't make it right until he comes. So we're going to have to live through difficult days. We're going to have to live through trying times. We're going to have to live through these times. And look, here's what we can do. We can either be obstinate, fold our hands, say, bless God, I'm mad. Or we can say, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm locking my gaze upon God. And I'm moving forward for the kingdom of glory. I'm going to be a light in the midst of darkness because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And dear brothers and sisters, you can do that, church. You can do it. Be focused, be determined, be ready, and move forward. Be patient to the coming of the Lord. Well, it's not unusual that Christians get all twisted and sideways in a situation like this. And as a matter of fact, we find here that uh, James says, I want you to look at Job as an example. He said, you remember Job? Look at what the scripture tells us there in uh, this passage of scripture in verse number uh, 11. He says, behold, we count them happy which endure. That is, that, that has patience. They're, if you are a patient person, you're typically a happy person. If you're not a patient person, you're not a happy person. Uh, you, you're frustrated by everything. Everything gets on your nerves. You, don't, you feel like you can't do anything right. Look at what he goes on to say. He says, you've heard of the patience of Job. 
and have seen the end of the Lord. Here's the thing you think about Job. Remember, the devil went to God and said, Have you considered your servant Job? He said, The only reason he loves you, God, is because you've blessed him. You give him to me just for a little while. Let me shake him up and watch him curse you to your name, to your face. And God says, okay, I'll tell you what. You can do whatever you want to to Job and his life. Just don't touch his body. Don't touch him. Don't kill him. And let's see what happens. If God is omniscient, if God knows everything, then God knew exactly how Job was going to respond. That tells me a great deal about this. Watch this. A few few things it tells me. Number one, it tells me that Satan has to ask permission to touch a Christian. Number two, if God's going to take you into a trial, into a situation, into a challenge, into something difficult, he's going to take you in it. If he's going to take you in it, he's going to see you through it. If you feel like the devil and all hell has come against you, you can rest assured that greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And you can have patience and you can endure even in the most difficult of times. Remember, Job lost it all. And as Job lost it all, we find at the end of the book of Job that he gets everything back fourfold. I mean, God blesses him in an amazing way. And what are the things we learn about the patience of Job? We learn that bad things happen to godly people. The Bible tells us that That God's created the good days and the bad days. He's created the sunny days and he's created the rainy days. I'm going to be honest. These past three days, I've been going out on my back deck around 4 o'clock, having a cup of coffee, enjoying the warm sunshine. It has been wonderful. Today, right now, here at the church, I can hear it. It's raining. I had a sunny day yesterday and a rainy day today. God made both days. And it rains on the preacher just like it rains on the sinner. Why? Because the preacher is a sinner. Just like everybody else. But I'm saved by grace. Number two. Here's the second thing we learn about Job. In the midst of difficult times, we must never lose our hope in God. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. It might get worse in days to come. It may get harder in days to come. I saw some projection of the unemployment rate being at 30 plus percent. It may get rough. We must never lose our hope in God. We got to keep our priorities right. We got to keep God number one as we journey through this thing together. Let me give you something else. I've got to hurry. I'm still on point number one. Our friends, listen, this is what we learned from Job in the patience of Job. Our friends may fail us in the midst of our difficulty, but God never fails us. When we're patient and we know that God is for us, then who can be against us? Remember Job's friends? They said, Job, you must have really hurt God's feelings. You did something to him. You, you, better, you just need to curse God and die. You, you, you must be a rebel. And Job never did. He kept his gaze locked on God. Even in the midst of his complaining, even in the midst of his frustration, he knew God was still in control. 
And then here's a, here's a fourth thing that we, that we learn. Even in the midst of God's silence, his presence is with us. You may be watching today and you say, Pastor, all this sounds good, but I'm going to tell you what, I hadn't heard God in weeks. In the midst of his silence, there is his presence. He said, I'll never leave you. He said, I'll never forsake you. Just because you can't hear him doesn't mean he's not with you. In fact, it's in the midst of his silence that we hear him the loudest. Listen to what God is saying to us. The length of our patience until the Lord comes again. Number two, let me show you a second thing very quickly. The second thing I want you to notice is the learning of patience. The learning of patience. This is found in verse number 8. Look at what the Bible says in verse 8. He says, Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, I would underline that word establish. Establish your hearts. He's telling here how we learn patience. We learn patience by having our heart established. You see, you can enjoy this kind of a harvest only if your heart is established. If you're going to have a harvest of patience, then you must have your heart established. That means that you have to have a heart that's growing stronger and stronger and stronger every day. Remember, one of the purposes of the local church is to establish your heart. Uh, I don't have time to turn there, but Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Paul writing to the church at Rome. It is my responsibility, and I'm, I'm doing everything that I can to come into your homes and help establish your heart so that you can grow stronger and you know that we're going to make it through this. Why? Because God hadn't forsaken us. God has not left us. God is very much at work. As a matter of fact, God is moving heaven and earth today so that you can have victory right there in your life. When you look at this word established, it's a very fascinating Greek word, stasio. Stasio. It means to fix or set firmly and implies a kind of rock-solid steadiness that you need in difficult circumstances. James is telling these Christians to strengthen their hearts and to endure their present circumstance. See the present circumstance that you're in as an opportunity to strengthen your heart, to establish your heart, to plant your feet and say, God, I am locked in on you. Whatever comes my way, whatever difficulty comes this way, I am locked in on you. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. You know one of the most discouraging things as a pastor? Here's one of the most discouraging things as a pastor that, that I see. Is when somebody gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And they think that everything's just going to be a bed of roses from that day forward. Listen to me very carefully. When you get saved, it doesn't mean all your trials and tribulations are going to be gone. When you get saved, when you get born again, when the Lord Jesus enters into your heart, you have everything that you need to take you through that difficult time that I promise you will experience. They're not going to all be done away with. 
There's still going to be heartache. There's still going to be pain. There's still going to be death. There's still going to be tragedy. There's still going to be difficulty. There's going to be days of depression. There's going to be days of anger. There's going to be days of frustration. And you have inside of you just what you need in order to have victory over those days. He tells us here that we had to have our hearts established. Establish your heart. Paul also prayed that their hearts would be strengthened over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. The ministry of the Word of God and prayer are so vitally important if the heart is going to be established. If you want to have your heart established, then you must be a person of prayer. You must be a person of hope. You must be a person uh, to be in in the form of optimism to saying, look, God's not done with us yet. As a matter of fact, I got to thinking about how, what practical things can we do as a church? What are some practical things we can do to strengthen our heart, to establish our heart? I, I thought about three of them. Let me give them to you this morning. Number one, the first one is love the Word. Love the Word. If you want to have your heart established, then fall in love with this book right here. I'm telling you, there's people, they they love all different kinds of novels, nonfiction novels. Uh, I love biographies. I love documentaries. I love biographies and all those. those But they pale in comparison to the love that I have for the Word of God. If you want to strengthen your heart, then fall in love with the Word of God. As a matter of fact, I would challenge you in this respect. Love the Word of God more than you love social media. Love the Word of God more than you love Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or or Snapchat. Consult it more. Get your affirmation more from this than any other place. Love the Word. Number two, the second thing I thought about is this. I thought about if we're going to strengthen our heart, not only do we need to love the Word, but we also need to listen to the word. Listen to the word. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, that they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. When you love the word, And you listen to the word. You hear the Savior say, Nothing's going to happen in your life, dear friend, dear child, that they're going to pluck you out of my head. You know what Jesus was saying right there? I got you. I got you. I love you. And I got you. If you're going to strengthen your heart, Love the Word, listen to the Word, and then here's a third one, number three. Let me give this one to you. Live the Word. Live the Word. It's one thing to love the world. I mean, to love the Word. It's something totally different to listen to the Word. But if you want to be practical in your lifestyle as a born-again child of God, then you've got to live the Word. James had something to say about this in James chapter 1, verse 22. In fact, you can turn over just a few pages and look at it. James said in James 1, 22, Be ye doers of the word, 
and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James says that if you say that you got it, but you're not living like you have it, you haven't deceived others, you've deceived yourself. And a life of deception on yourself is a lie. And nobody, no Christian ought to be living a lie. And so if we know that the character quality of patience is something that we need, and we know that one of the character qualities that God, or character traits he's teaching us during this difficult day, is this character trait of, of patience. If we know that, and we don't flesh that out, we're deceived. Because he tells us here in the Word that we are to be doers of the Word. So when the Word gives us practical advice like be patient until the coming of the Lord and we don't do that, we're deceiving ourselves. And when we deceive ourselves, we deceive the world. And then we try to do things on our own power. And any time you try to do something in and of yourself in your own power, you always end up at the point of frustration. And what's fascinating to me is I, I find people like this all the time. They start shaking their fist at God and getting angry at God. And really the fact of the matter is they're the ones that have deceived themselves. And so I ask you, dear friend, can I ask you this? Over these past, this past week, week five, going into week six today, starting week six, have you been impatient? You've been struggling with that? God's got a good word for you today. He's telling you this morning to fall back in love with the word of God. Listen to the Word of God. And then live the Word of God. Flesh it out in your life. The learning of patience has everything to do with your heart. And then here's the third and final point I want to give you today. Here it is, number three. Remember, number one was the length of patience till the Lord comes. The learning of patience is established in our hearts. And then here's the third and final one. The living with patience. Verse number 9. Look at what he says there in verse 9. He says, Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest any be condemned, behold, the judge standeth before the door. If you're going to live with patience, then the number one thing that's going to come up is being somebody holding a grudge. Again, we go back to the children of Israel. Remember, they were identified. When you think about the children of Israel, you think about people that murmured and complained and grumbled and, and griped. And, I mean, you, they just couldn't be happy. I mean, God would give them manna. They didn't like that. God gave them water out of a rock. They didn't like that. God gave them the Ten Commandments. They didn't like that. God gave them a leader. They didn't like that. It sounds like a bunch of Southern Baptists. Don't like anything. But the bottom line is simply this. God wanted more than anything in his patience, his long-temperedness. He wanted them to believe him and to trust him. And so if you're going to live with patience, and you're going to believe God, and you're going to trust God, then you've got to control the grumbling. You've got to control this tongue right there, right there. 
James had something to say about that. You remember what he said about it? He said, man, it's a little member, but man, it can cause a raging fire. You, you want to you light a forest fire? Then get on social media on Facebook and complain about something and go on one of those rants. Everybody does it every now and then, I know. But look here, here's the bottom line when it comes to that. Remember who you serve. You're a child of God. And we don't ask ourselves the question, God, why are we in the middle of this? That's not the question. He told us in the Word of God, He says, in this world you'll have tribulation. In this world you'll have heartache. In this world you will have defeat. You'll have difficulty. But come to know this, I am not of this world and I am living inside of you. Brothers and sisters, listen. I'm living from glory to glory. And you can too. The question is, How's your heart? See, it's no accident that the middle point of this message deals with the heart. He says there, the length of patience is the coming of the Lord. The learning of patience is establishing your heart. And living with patience means you control your grumbling. Stop grumbling. I love the illustrations that he uses here in this text. He uses the illustration of a farmer. Did you see what he says up there? He talks about the farmer waiting for the early and the latter rain, the autumn and the spring rain. He says he's very patient when it comes to that. He waits for that. Why? Because he wants his harvest to be perfect. He wants it to be excellent. He wants to give that crop enough time to do everything. But in order for it to do everything that it needs to do, he needs to wait on the rain. You see, they didn't have the luxury back then of going out there to the spigot and cutting it on and watering the garden. No, they had to depend upon God to bring the early and the latter rain. And he's given us this beautiful illustration of the patience of God. He says, God is giving, is waiting on that latter rain. We're in latter rain days today. Because our patient God wants everyone to come to a saving knowledge. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. He wants you to have the mind of Christ, Christian. He most definitely wants you to have the mind of Christ. He wants you to grow up. He don't want you to be some spiritual infant. He wants you to be a full-grown disciple of Jesus Christ that reproduces. You reproduce yourself as a born-again child of God. He don't want you to be a spiritual babe forever. He wants you to grow up. And he uses the circumstances and trials in our life to help us grow up. He's maturing us today. Six weeks. Here we are. What do we need to be learning, Lord? We need to be learning patience. Be patient until the coming of the Lord. I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to be praising God. I'm not going to say, God, why am I going through this? I'm going to say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this? And for some of you, watch this now. Some of you, you're lost. You've got a lifestyle of grumbling. Look, you've got a lifestyle. Your life's a mess. 
And you've shaken your fist at God the whole time. And God is just simply saying, look, I love you and I'm giving you an opportunity to come to me. What does God have to do to get your attention? God loves you so much that he's willing to put this whole wide world on a pause. So that you can listen to this today. Jesus Christ is the Son of God who went to Calvary and got your sins and put your sins upon himself as the sinless Son of God. He died in your place for all your impatience, all your frustrations, all your aggravations, your drunkenness, your drug addiction, your pornography addiction, your abuse, all of that. He died for all of it. So that you could have eternal life and to have a relationship with God himself. And if God has pushed pause and confronted us with the brevity of life right now in 2020. Just for this. It's worth it all. But just realizing that you need Jesus is not enough, friend. you got to accept him. The Bible tells us over in the book of Romans, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe again in your heart, there it is again, the heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the Bible way of saying this. If you want to know for sure that when you die, you're going to heaven, you need to recognize Jesus Christ as the Messiah. You need to pray and trust him, ask him to save you. And the Bible says that he'll do it. He says, if you'll confess your sins, Jesus says, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Have you ever done that today, friend? See, there, there are two types of people here today watching this service. There are born-again children of God who have been very impatient going into week six, and God just arrested you and got your attention and said, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm in control of this thing. You be patient until I come home. Until I bring you home. Use this as a term to a time to establish your heart and quit griping, quit complaining. That's first. And then number two, watch this. Here's the second thing God's saying. You've never stopped and recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And today's the day of your salvation. And right now, sitting right where you're at, whether you're listening to this by way of YouTube or the Internet, in any way on the Internet, or maybe you're listening in your car via our podcast, maybe you got a tape somewhere, maybe something. You, you, are, you hear this, and you want to do something about your wretched life. I'm asking you, give God your heart. So how would I do that, preacher? I'm going to pray here in just a second. And I want this prayer to be your prayer. And look, it's not, it's not the prayer that saves you. You're saved by faith. But the Bible says you've got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So right where you're at, would you say something like this to the Lord? Just bow your head and your heart and say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Messiah. And this morning I ask you to save my soul. Today I repent of my sin. And I trust you as my Savior. Thank you for saving me. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, dear friend, listen, it's not the prayer that saves you. You're saved by faith. And I want to praise God for that decision that you made. At the end of the service, there'll be a little commercial about how I can send a little book to you. I want to send it to you. I want to give it to you. I want to send it to you, a little track I wrote, a book I wrote. I want you to have it. I just need to know where you're at. I need your email address. I need your uh, physical address so I can mail you a copy of that book. Get in touch with me some way. And I'll be sure to get that to you. Church, I want to tell you how much I love you. You better believe the day we get back in this building together, I don't know what kind of service we'll have. I'm telling you what, we'll be praising God. But until that day comes... I'm going to be right here. And I'm going to be coming into your homes. And we're going to be thanking God, not complaining and grumbling, but praising the name of our great God. He's our blessed hope until the day He comes back. We're going to keep serving. We're going to keep praising. We're going to keep worshiping. Because Maisel Baptist Church will be a church where we love God, love others, serve the world. I love you. I hope I can see you tomorrow. If you haven't come by and dropped your gift off, you come by tomorrow. I pray for every car that comes by. I'd love to pray for you. Come see me tomorrow between 9 and 12. God bless you. I'll see you on Wednesday afternoon. Have a great Sunday. Thank you so very much for, for worshiping with us today here at Maysville Baptist Church. Our purpose is loving God, loving others, and serving the world. As pastor here, one of my greatest uh, desires is that everyone would know that they're going to heaven when they die. Several years ago, I wrote a little track that says, You Can Know. I would love to send this track to you. If you would send me an email just letting me know you would like this little track, I'd be glad to drop it in the mail and send it over to you. Again, we are so grateful that you worshiped with us today. May the Lord bless you. Hope you tune in next week, and we'll see you right here at Maysville Baptist Church.